This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. So uh, he comes over and he goes, dude, that's a... 200 like he knew right away that that was a 200 plus inch typical like he was just by looking at it and so i'm just like oh yeah heck yeah man and uh he put a tape on it and then he got a number like around like 214 and some change typical and i was just like and he was like huff like you got to get this in like a safe right now and i'm just like you know i didn't i had no idea i never checked any kind of records or anything you know i'm i just go deer hunting what you going to do She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. All Obsession Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I'm Sam Thrash, your podcast host for this week. Our podcast is driven by our friends over at Ridge Rock Hunt Company, and we will talk more about them at the close of our episode today. Um, Joining me today is uh, a special guest, Mr. Dustin Huff. Dustin uh, actually made contact with our uh, Midwestern Regional Staff Coordinator, Tyler Wolf, who unfortunately is not able to join us with today's conversation. He wanted to, but um, with work and everything, that that wasn't possible today. But Dustin, welcome to Fall Obsession Podcast, man. Happy to have you on. Appreciate y'all having me, Sam. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you, man. Real quick for our listeners, just to start off our conversation today, tell us kind of who you are, where you're from, and what you hunt. Cool. Uh, Name's Dustin Huff. I'm 28 years old. I'm from Indiana, southeastern Indiana, I should say. Um, Last year, I was fortunate enough to shoot the number number one typical whitetail in the United States, um and it's been crazy that's how i met tyler um i was doing a show at uh roger sporting goods in liberty missouri and tyler came up and started talking with me and told me about the fall obsession i said yeah i'd love to love to get on there and talk with y'all so uh, here i am awesome well man yeah we really again we really appreciate your time and and coming on the podcast with us today so so the number one typical whitetail 
um, that that's, I mean, that that's a big accomplishment right there in, in and of itself. And I imagine that your, your life has probably changed a little bit since killing a buck like that. Am I right? Yeah, it's been, it's like, you know, I'm just the, you know, just a redneck. It goes deer hunting, been doing it since I was 12 years old. And, uh, I just never thought that a deer like that would, you know, be walking on a property that I have been hunting for 16 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been nuts. Been doing a lot of shows. Um, I didn't even know there were, you know, deer shows, uh, so to say, but yeah, we've been doing a lot of those and just taking him around and showing him off. Gotcha. So just, just for a little bit of background on yourself, if, if you don't mind my asking, man, what do you do for a living? Uh, so I'm a, originally a singer-songwriter. Um, I've been doing that for the past eight, nine years, uh, traveling back and forth to Nashville, Tennessee, back up to southeastern Indiana. Um, I spent my early 20s um, touring uh, all over the country. Uh, I got a good friend named Luke Combs that uh, I was on tour with him for about a year um, before he signed his big deal. And uh, But yeah, just been doing that for a while. And uh, my second love is deer hunting and that's, you can find me in the woods come October, November, December. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoy Luke Combs, uh, music and everything. I, and I've heard that he's a pretty big whitetail hunter himself. Yep. That's awesome. So you, you yourself, you, you know, you prefaced it with, you know, you're, you're a blue collar guy and you never thought that a deer like this would be walking out onto a property you hunt what without giving too much away obviously what kind of property are we talking about how big and what was the typical caliber of deer that you've seen over the years because you said you've hunted there for quite a while so yeah so uh it's a 185 acre tract um it's a hog farm that's a good family friend of my dad's and our whole family really he's a big farmer in the area and he's let us hunt that same property since I killed my first deer on it. Um, dad's killed a lot of deer on it. Uh, my biggest on there is 134 inch 10 pointer. So, I mean, that's, that's usually what we see, you know, that 130 to 150 class deer. Um, but the biggest that has ever been taken on that property was, uh, taken by my dad back whenever I was a freshman. So that's probably been 12 years ago or so. And, um, that scored 153, deducting that was with deductions he was probably about 175 180 inch deer um so that was the biggest deer that we had ever heard of or seen or ever been taken on that property so shooting this thing was just like what the heck you know <laughs> so so did you have any any intel on this deer any pictures or anything or, or was it just boom there he is one morning or evening yeah so i i don't run trail cameras on this property um i used to in high school a lot but since I've been, you know, traveling back and forth the past how many years, I just kind of let it go. And then I go in the, you know, usually the third, fourth week of October and really start hitting it hard. Just, just because I've hunted it so long and my dad's been hunting it for so long, like I just kind of know where to put my stands up, where my set stands are, where the funnels are, where, where I've killed deer, where dad's killed deer. So we just kind of base it off that and, you know, don't even really mess with cameras on that property. Gotcha. So, so take me into this hunt a little bit, um, and, and kind of set the stage for us as far as the, 
you know, the hunt that you were out there when this, when this deer walks out? Yeah. So it was, um, November 4th was the evening that it happened, but I had been hunting that whole week. So I think I got, I think I was in Nashville that week before. And then I got in like the 28th or 29th that weekend and then hunted that Halloween weekend, uh, and then hunted that whole week, but it was November 4th evening. Um, I passed up how many small, you know, basket fork heads, I was just trying to beat my 134 that I killed uh, in 2020 um, on that same property. That was my biggest deer. You know, I'm just trying to beat him. And uh, the first shooter I seen on November was November 4th was that was whenever Moose. Well, I named him Moose. Moose is what I call him. But uh, uh, yeah, so I was just I just took I've been hunting seven, eight days in a row, eight to ten hour days, um, you know, right there in the rut. So, you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm just finding four different set stands is where I'm going to all week. And then, um, that evening I just decided to take my climber out and it was just a nice 50 degree, 55 degree evening, just a sweatshirt on. And I went to the West side of the farm, which I hardly ever go to that side just because I leave that to the deer and, uh, took my climber, picked a tree, sawed off two limbs, went up, and uh, never seen a deer that whole evening. And then right at 6.30, I saw his antlers come out from the thick under in the where the creek bed was in the thicket. And uh, he started coming up my ridge, and it was unreal, man. <laughs> what, what What's going through your mind, like, as this deer's approaching you? At first, it was just like, what the heck, you know? I mean, like... I didn't even think it was real just because like I said, he looked like a moose. Like I had never seen a deer like that, you know, on YouTube. I've never seen a deer like that anywhere. So I was just like, what the heck, you know? So I'm just looking at him in awe, you know, eyes open, mouth dropped. And I'm just trying to figure out where, where can I shoot this deer at? Because like once I found, like figured out that he was taking the ridge coming up towards me, um, I had to make a pretty, it was two minutes or so. I had to make a pretty quick call on, you know, where I was going to shoot him at because I mean, where he was coming up at was the thickest part of the freaking property. And so I'm watching him while I'm trying to find a shooting lane. And, uh, eventually I just whistled at him just because like, I knew he wasn't stopping. Um, I wasn't, I didn't really have any shooting lanes. I mean, it was so thick. I was like, I got a couple, you know, holes here and there that I could sneak an arrow in and uh the first whistle stopped him he looked at me and he didn't even know I was there and I'm looking at him and uh I let him take one more step I couldn't shoot him on that first whistle because I got sapling trees and it's just thick right there yeah and uh I let him take one more step I whistled one more time and he stopped and I had to lean to the left side of my tree stand and and snuck an arrow through Heard the smack. He ran about 50, 60 yards, looked around, flicked his tail, and uh, went down in the holler that he came from. And I was just, I just put my hands up and I was just like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously this, this deer walking up, you know, you're, you're amazed. You're, you're kind of taken back by, by his size. But did you like, did you have any idea the caliber of deer you just shot? 
No, I, I thought it was like a, you know, 180 inch deer. So like I knew it was probably the biggest, I knew it was bigger than my dad's and I knew it was the biggest deer that I'd ever seen. So in my head, I'm saying 180 inch, 185 inch deer. And that's me like, that's me pushing it because like in my head, that's not even possible, you know, where I deer hunt, like that's not, there's no way that there's a 185 inch deer, you know? Yeah. And so uh, that's what I was thinking. And then it wasn't until that evening I, you know, I had sent some Snapchats to some friends and, you know, my big buck buddies that they're always, they're always after a Pacific deer every year. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I just go out and, you know, hopefully a nice one comes by. And right when I sent it to my two buddies, they said, that's a 200 inch deer. We'll be over, we'll be over in 20 minutes. And I was like, no, man, I was like, that's, and then they're like, don't touch the deer, put the knife down. They were, they were telling me everything. I was like, all right, we'll get over here. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> Wow. So, so real quick before we, before we move on, um, what kind of, what kind of setup are you running as far as your, your archery setup? Uh, so, um, I use a crossbow striker crossbow. Um, I got beam and arrows. I got, I use the two blade rage. Um, but yeah, um, uh, have my heat wave up. Uh, it's a deer urine that I use and, uh, yeah, he came in and had no idea. I shot him at 40 yards. Um, yeah. I, and I had to guess too, because like, as he was coming up, it was so fast. Like I said, like two minutes, I didn't even, I didn't even have time to get my range finder out. And, uh, so I was just guessing the whole thing 30, 40, and I just said 40 yards, put the 30 yard pin just a hair high and let it fly. Wow. That is incredible. So, so you text your buddies, everybody's coming out We're y'all are going to go get this deer. Let's talk about the recovery. How, how did that go? Yeah. So, uh, I called my girlfriend right after I was still on a stand and, uh, cause I'm, like I said, I was on day seven or eight, you know, so I hadn't been home, uh, very often. And, uh, so I called her, told her that I just smoked a giant. And then I called my dad and told him, I said, Hey, I think I just beat your, uh, you know, 153 is what it is scored, uh, after deductions. And I said, I think I beat your 153. And he was like, there's no way, you know, and I called the property owner and it's, and he's got three boys. And so we all go and check this deer out. So I get down out of my stand, I go up to the field edge. And by that time they're all starting to come in and, uh, we couldn't get a side by side back there just cause it was so thick and in the steepest taller. And so we all just went up to it and we're just looking around whenever we get up to it. And we're just like, we're throwing numbers around, you know, I'm saying 180, 185. And then the property owner, Troy, like I said, we're not guys that just like eat, breathe, you know, sleep big bucks. We're just deer hunters. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I'd say that's a high one sixties. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Troy, I think, I think he's a little bigger than a 160 inch deer, <laughs> but we just, we had no idea, man. Wow. That, so that, that's crazy. So, so at, at what point did, did you actually go, go get this, get this thing scored and, and realize exactly what he is and kind of, kind of walk us through that process. Cause, cause we've never had anybody or at least I've never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with anybody who's killed a, a record book deer like this. What kind of validation do you have to go through to, to 
be able to, you know, claim that title, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been absolutely unreal just even from the start of it to now. But, um, so whenever I got him back to the house, like we do all our own process and then everything. And, uh, my buddies that I called, they come over and the one guy he had scored, you know, he scored a few deer in his life. Like he's not an official scorer or anything, but you know, he's seen people do it. So, uh, he comes over and he goes, dude, that's a, 200 like he knew right away that that was a 200 plus inch typical like he was just by looking at it and so i'm just like oh yeah heck yeah man and uh he put a tape on it and then he got a number like around like 214 and some change typical and i was just like and he was like huff like you got to get this in like a safe right now and i'm just like you know i didn't i had no idea i never checked any kind of records or anything you know i'm i just go deer hunting and uh he was like, you need to call a photographer. You need to get all this. And I'm just like, I'm not calling a photographer. You know, I'm like, it's a deer. You know, I got, I, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of pictures of, you know, me and the deer in the woods and stuff. And, uh, he was like, no, this is a big deal. Like you don't understand. So like, and we didn't like, in my, you know, I had never even checked any record books or anything. And, uh, so he was saying, you know, this is Indiana, this could be the Indiana state record. So at that point, um, I'm like, all right, Indiana State, but we weren't even thinking U.S. record or anything. Right. And so um, later that night, later that night, I made a tweet and was like, I didn't put it out there. I'd never posted any pictures yet just because I just, my, my buddy was like, hey, don't wait till tomorrow to start like figuring out what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you know, I couldn't sleep that evening that night and, uh, I get a call, like I said earlier, uh, I know Luke pretty well. And uh, I had just made a tweet and I said, uh, I think I killed the biggest buck in Indiana. That's all I put, never put any pictures or nothing. And uh, later on that night, I, it was probably like 2 a.m. I think, because I think that's whenever they got bus call. That's whenever we always had bus call back in the day. And uh, Luke calls me he, and I'm like, what text Luke calling me for, you know? And he said, he said, Bubs, he said, uh, let me see this deer. And so I seen him a picture and he was like, dude, you don't understand. Like, this is, this is a different ball game. And I was just like, really? Yeah, it's a big deer. It's, you know, I'm going to put it on the wall. I wasn't really thinking anything. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a phone call for you tomorrow. And, uh, he ended up calling a uh, meat eater cause he was just on a meat eater episode, uh, antelope hunting. And, uh, yeah, so he made the phone call for me, and then they called me the next day and um, kind of walked me through on how to go about scoring it and who to get a hold of. And, um, yeah, it was a big ordeal and process that I had no idea about, you know? Yeah. Wow, that that is crazy. So, so what is the official score? So the official score is two eleven and four eights. Um, it's right behind the Milo Hansen. Uh, his was like two thirteen and some change. Um, so we missed the world record by like an inch and a half. So so biggest biggest typical whitetail in North or in the United States, second in the world, right? So yeah, because I, I think Milo's was in Canada. Um, yep. and they said that the, the James, the James Jordan buck was the, uh, it held the typical U S record for like 107 years. 
and that what was was the crazy thing about it because it was like since 1914 or something was the last time it had been broken that is insane nuts <laughs> holy cow man absolutely wow so like you can google your your name and and see that you know you've you've been in all these magazines and podcasts and you know like you were saying at the beginning these shows and everything uh you know leading into leading in or for the past year i guess you could say now um what how how crazy has that been just because because like you said you're you're a blue collar guy you're just you're you're just a deer hunter man you know so what is yeah. this has it been overwhelming or i mean it has been but i i mean it's it's crazy i love it i mean i just never thought it would you know i'd ever be in this have this opportunity or anything you know just getting and going and talking deer hunting with other deer hunters and you know showing a deer off that you know it's just crazy to me it doesn't it doesn't make any every every day i just look at him and just go why like you know what i mean it's just because let me tell you something so uh, after I killed this deer, um, neighbors. So my neighbors had a bunch of trail cams of him. They had been after this deer for like three years. Oh wow! And um, he had been traveling. He had been traveling eight miles. This is what's crazy about the story too. Like, so after that night that uh, you know Combs called me and everything, and then the next day, um, I meat eater called me, um, and then they. Uh, posted a story that said um, this buck might crush the Indiana state record. And at that point, we're just thinking, you know, state record. We didn't really know about USA and stuff like that. And uh, so that kind of blew it up where people were calling. And that was pretty overwhelming that week, um, you know, different podcasts and magazines and stuff and just wanting the story. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty crazy. But anyways, uh, my adjacent neighbor who I had never met until that weekend, um, who had been after this deer had three years of, uh, trail cams of him on his lucky buck mineral. Uh, so he comes over and I just had him in the, the walk-in cooler at the house. We had a couple other deer hanging up and, uh, I opened up the cooler and he goes, that's him. He, he just put his head down. He goes, that's him. And, uh, cause he had actually had a 200 yard open or free hand shot at him in 2020 season in the 2020 season, whenever he was an 11 pointer and somebody found those sheds and those were 197. So wow. he had been after this deer. He has more history with this deer than really anybody. Um, so anyways, I got to talking to him and he gave me all of his trail cam pics and videos and stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, we still keep up today, you know, about this deer season. And then another guy, there was another guy eight miles away who had been hunting this deer for the past three years. It's just crazy how, how far he was traveling. And uh, he was only at that eight miles away. He was only going there December, January, February. And then my adjacent neighbor was getting him all through spring, summer, and then rut. And then he would ghost him during the winter months, which he was going back, you know, eight miles away, which is crazy. Wow. And you were just right place, right time then. Right place, right time. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, so I, 
I've been hunting that property for years and years and years. And like, you know, even when I was running trail cameras, we never got any kind of deer like that in my, you know what I mean? Like you would see some decent deer, but never anything like that. So it was just crazy. And then, you know, the neighbor coming over and he was a real nice guy. Both of the guys were awesome, but, uh, yeah, he, the one guy, Chad, that's adjacent to me, he goes, I, I put a lot of money into that deer because he had, had him on how many lucky buck mineral sites. And he goes, I put how much money into that deer in the past three years? He goes, but it was just funny. It was, he was cool about it, but, um, yeah, nuts. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm glad they're cool about it because that, I mean, you know that stings, you know, for, for any bow hunter to, or hunter just in general to have, to have a deer like that on camera and, yep. and have it, have it slide, slide away like that. But, um, it, you know, that, man, what, what a, what an incredible, incredible opportunity, man. That, that's insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. One of the things that we really, that we really like to have on this podcast and and everything and i i know this is one of the things that tyler had in mind when he was talking to you and everything but it uh you know we we love to tell these kind of stories where we have just everyday deer hunters like you say and just either crazy or unusual incredible opportunities whatever whatever come their way and Man, it was a it was a it was a big year for the for the Midwest last year with with your deer, and I believe that the the non typical world record was it was broken last year or the year before too, I believe. Yeah, it, I think it was the year before. Um, I mean, there's just big deer hitting the ground. I mean, and I think there's going to be a lot of big deer hit the ground this year too. Um, they're just they're just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> seems like. Man, and and that's the that's the thing is they're they're out there and and that's what that's what's really cool about you know telling these kind of stories is it really shows that hey you you don't have to hunt these these crazy crazy farms or crazy ranches or properties whatever it might be you never know when when a giant is just going to come come strolling by and everything um just no matter what environment you're in especially up there in the midwest man i mean everybody knows that there's giants tucked back in those woods and really cool to to hear a success story about somebody that not just killed a big deer that you know caught him off guard but uh but also just to have a uh to have a record book deer the like the biggest typical in in america that that's man that's incredible very cool it's just it's crazy especially where i deer hunt man it's just it's it's a hog farm like 185 acre hog farm i mean probably a 60 40 timber and crops and i mean it just it smells like <laughs> hog man it's, it's all <laughs> that, like what i always tell people like my my cover scent is i'll walk through the hog barns and then go sit in a tree because that's what they're used to smelling all the time is yeah. um you know hog manure yeah it's just if you know people would see the farm and be like how did this deer come from here and it's like and that's what like you said like and i tell people you just got to be in a tree at the right place at the right time and you just never know what's going to come by i mean especially during the rut yeah absolutely no I, I couldn't agree more granted we don't 
down here in Texas, we don't have the caliber of, of whitetails that y'all have up there for sure. But yeah, man, the, the rut and post rut, man, yeah. it, it does crazy things. I saw, I saw bucks that I'd never seen before on camera last year, um, start showing up that mm -hmm. kind of toward the end of that rut. And then, then after, and they hung around for quite a bit. So yeah, just like I said, you never know what's going to walk out of the woods in front of you. That's, that's incredible. Well, um, so what has been the, what has been the, the biggest, uh, since all, I know, like you said, magazines and people reaching out and the, and the shows and everything, you know, all, all that's been kind of, kind of out of the norm and crazy for you, but what's been the, through all that, what's been the craziest thing that, uh, or the craziest opportunity you've had to share your story with somebody, uh, as far as just at a, at a level, you never thought that you'd be able to, as a deer hunter, uh, share a story like that or, or be on, if that makes sense. I might not worry that right, but. Yeah. Um, so I've got to meet some cool people, like the real tree guys. I got to go down to the real tree farm and, uh, did a podcast with Michael Waldale and, uh, met Bill Jordan and, uh, David Blanton and all those Tyler Jordan. And, uh, it was just awesome. I mean, I just never, you know, I, that's what I kept telling those guys. I was like, Dude, I used to watch your guys' VHS tapes, you know, as a kid. And then, you know, once DVDs came, I was buying the DVDs. And, you know, just to be able to just hang with those guys for a day and, um, you know, just talk deer hunting and uh, show me around the farm. It was just awesome. Um, those guys and the meat eater guys, you know, just, just talking deer hunting. I just never thought that I would get to hang out with guys like that that I had been you know, looked up to for so many years. And, um, yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy experience. Well, that's awesome. Are you, are you like trying to, are you like going on, on tour for music and stuff and just bringing the buck out with you or, or doing anything like that? <laughs> so it's actually the, uh, flipped I'm taking the deer and then, uh, I'll play like three or four songs, like at the shows and stuff. So like I'll, um i'll get up show the deer off for you know however many hours that day at wherever we're at and then at the end of it then they'll have like a stage and uh stuff set up and then i just play uh three to four songs and uh, yeah it's pretty cool and we'll have a guy up there just like asking questions and stuff and about the deer and music just kind of bringing bringing both uh to the show and uh yeah and just uh getting you know sponsorships and stuff like that and you know, going around and promoting their stuff and their brand. And it's just, I didn't even know there was deer shows. That's what's so crazy. Like I didn't even know this stuff even went on. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, so as we're about to enter another fall hunting season, so I, I know you're, like you said, you're just a deer hunter, man, but you killed this buck last year. You've had all this last year, right? I, I'm, I'm not, not a year off, correct? Yeah. Okay. Just making yep. sure. 2021. Gotcha. So you killed this buck last year and then moving into, moving into this fall after all this has happened and you know, you've, you've had all these crazy opportunities with all these people. What, what, what does hunting season look like coming up? Oh man. So actually the property that I killed uh, moose on, it got hit bad with EHD this oh. year. So, uh, nobody we're not even taking, yeah it's terrible they the property owner he said they're only they're finding more dead animals than they are live animals 
Um, so it's been terrible. So I ended up actually um, getting a property down about an hour or so from that property and uh, just a little 30 some acre track. Um, but it, it's got a lot of potential. I think I just put up my trail cams up last week, uh, started running my heat wave scrape talkers and uh, see if we can get these bucks moving. And just, I'm just kind of getting Intel this year, just because this is my first year hunting this property. Um, but it seems like it's going to be pretty promising. Uh, but I, I, I wish I could still go hunt that, uh, 185 acre, uh, track, but man, it, it happens like about every five years it gets hit with that EHD and, uh, just me, the property owner, my dad and his boys, we just, we won't shoot, de sh won't shoot deer that, that year. And then usually that next year it's, it comes back. So just, just leave it a year and hopefully next year be good but yeah yeah i'm excited man absolutely yeah and that that's what's crazy is it it, it seems like no matter you know there, there's always the question that guys ask like well well how do you top that how, how do you how do you top that and and at least everybody i've asked that's killed a big deer or their best deer whatever it might be it's oh you know at the end of the day they're deer hunters man it's, they're gonna keep plugging away and yeah. you know for a a uh just a little little late point could could walk out and they'll just still get just excited about it so yep yeah that's how i am man it's like you know shooting him but my biggest before him was that 134 inch 10 pointer so like i'm going back to that like <laughs> the odds of me shooting a 200 inches slim to none so i'm just going back to that 134 if i could shoot 140 150 you know 160 if i can work my way up or at least you know i'm i'm not gonna let a 150 inch deer uh walk by I, you know if he walks by he's gonna get shot so yeah. you know it's just back to you know that was just crazy and it's just back to shooting hopefully a decent deer this year um maybe my nephew will kill a big deer this year um i'm getting him in involved in hunting and he killed his first two deer last year with me and yeah, he's he's more fired up than I am, I think, this year. So that's going to be the, the fun this year is getting him, hopefully shooting a deer on camera, I told him. So that'll be awesome. Very cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's always it's always really cool to to get kids involved in, in hunting and everything. And that, that's awesome that your nephew is is just as pumped, if not more pumped than than you to to be able to do something like that what 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 is uh what does he think of your of your giant deer so here's a crazy story actually so um he just started hunting last year he, he was seven years old last year so he got his um hunting license took his tests and everything and uh killed his killed his first doe the first time i took him out on a youth season last year and then the first time i took him out with a crossbow october 17th he killed a deer, um, which was a buck. So he shot, but that morning that he killed that buck. So, um, after he shot that doe, you know, I told him, I said, um, Easton, you're gonna, or actually it wasn't on the 17th. It was on Halloween because I killed a doe that Halloween too, that morning. So that morning on Halloween, Easton said, uh, right when we get in the stand, you know, it's still not shooting hours yet. And he said, Hey, uncle Dusty, he said, uh, wouldn't it be crazy if I shot a big buck and got it in Bass Pro Shop? <laughs> to me, I had never even, you know, I had never even talked big deer with Easton or anything just because, you know, 
I wasn't expecting anything like that. So, but to him, he had been to Bass Pro that week before his mom took him, my sister took him up to Bass Pro. And so to him, like, that's just what deer look like. You know, he had seen all those big deer at Bass Pro. And, you know, I told him, I explained to him, like, that's not going to happen, you know, like, but the first, first deer that comes by with some antlers on him, you know, pull the trigger on him. And four days later, I shot that deer. I mean, he was just, he was bawling. Like, because my sister said he was crying because I told him that that would never happen, that there's not deer like that around here. And to me, it was impossible. But to him, it was like, as a seven-year-old kid, you know, they don't, they don't, they just say things and they don't even, and it's just crazy that it happened. You know, it's just crazy (laughs) that a deer like that walked by. I mean, so I'm taking him to the woods this year. Whatever that kid's got going on, I mean, he's he's got something. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that man, that that's crazy. He you rocked his world a little bit there. Just you know, oh man, they really do exist. Was well, well, that's yeah, yeah, and it's like, and that's what's so crazy. Like, and I remember him saying that. Like, it was such a like, where does that even come from? Because like, I have never you know, talked about deer and bass pro shop. I had never, you know, talked record deer or anything with him. I just told him like, you know, the first deer that has some horns on him, you can shoot it. Like, because you know, the odds of shooting a big deer is not very likely. So, yeah. And then that happened. And now he's, now he's thinking, well, I want to shoot one that big now. And it's just like, well, I hope so. I hope so, man. But that's that's a once in a lifetime yeah. deer right there. So <laughs> that's what that's what I told him. I was like, I hope you kill a bigger one than that. I mean, I, I'll take you hunting for the rest of your life, and hopefully, he'll get something close to it. But yeah, yep, man, that it's just like 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 I've already said several times now. It's just crazy that that those deer are out there. You never know when one's going to come out. I know, really early on when we started our our podcast here, this is episode 120 something um all the way back at like episode eight or something like when we just started out uh, a friend of mine that outside of of hunting and everything he shot back in 20 2011 or 2012 down here in texas he shot a a county record in one of the like the fourth or fifth biggest deer in in texas and he and he has good caliber deer on his on his place here um up toward the texas panhandle but um not anything 200 plus and you know it was just one of those one of the same you know kind of same deal just one of those november stories where this deer comes never seen him before just came strolling by and and um if our listeners are interested they can go back and listen to episode eight but the the game warden actually told him that he had seen the deer like 11 miles or something away was that deer's home range in the rut had just pulled him that far that far out so it's just man you 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 never know you never know yep all those deer that are on trail camera, I mean, I mean, they can just like that disappear because once that rut hits, though, their their nose is on the ground and they're gone. Yeah, and that can either work in or against your favor. <laughs> your bucks can either either leave or you can <laughs> yep, get new ones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, man, uh, really, really awesome story awesome having you on the podcast and getting getting to talk about this is is there anything is there anything that we're missing in regards to to this incredible opportunity or anything else you'd like to share about it 
Uh, I mean, I think that's about it. Um, if you want to plug in my, uh, I got three new songs that I just put out uh, in August. Yeah, I was going to ask um, you about your music. You can listen to those on. Uh, yeah, so uh, I got all my stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, um, anywhere where you stream or can buy music, it'll be there. But I just put out a three-song EP. Uh, it's called Good Dog. And um, it's three of my favorite tracks that I've ever, you know, been a part of. So, um, yeah, if people want to check it out, I'd really appreciate it. And, yeah. Do you have any tours or shows coming up? Uh, my last show of this year is October 1st. I'll be in uh, Warsaw, Illinois um, at some fest, some deer festival. Um, and then next year, uh, we're booked, we're booked up all through the spring, uh, winter months and into the summer. So, yep, I'll have that all posted on my, um, social media and everything for next year's shows and where, where we'll be at and stuff like that. Gotcha. You coming down to Texas at all? I hope so, man. I'd love to get down there. Um, see if we can figure something out i i mean i the only the farthest that i've been now is uh iowa i did the iowa city or no des moines i did des moines um iowa there they had a some kind of big buck thing there but uh yeah i'm hoping to expand a little more this year i just mostly did all midwest this year and then uh next year um we're talking about going out you know to the ata show in vegas um hopefully you know texas would be awesome or just anywhere outside of the i just kind of want to go around just to talk to other deer hunters outside the midwest too and just you know talk deer hunting yeah man uh yeah if you're ever in the in the north texas area the dallas fort worth area be sure that you that you hit us up we'd love to we'd love to find a time to to hang out and and i don't know maybe one day share deer camp who knows you know (laughs) yeah be awesome man awesome well uh before we hang it up uh i I know you mentioned the the tracks on online everything on the the streaming apps and everything but tell us uh on social media where can people find you uh so i'm on facebook i'm on instagram and it's the huffbuck at the huffbuck and uh i post all my shows or where i'm gonna be at or just what's what's going on in life and stuff like that you can find all my information there and um yeah awesome well really appreciate again man you taking the time this afternoon to to hop on here with me and uh and share your story incredible yep thank you for having me sam i i enjoyed it appreciate it absolutely man well for our listeners you guys uh heard from from dustin there went where you guys can go find him and everything so uh, check him out on social media give him a follow go listen to to his music as well um give all that a a good thorough thorough walkthrough and everything um, if you guys are new to fall obsession or our podcast thank you for listening we drop a new episode every single monday morning and you guys can go to any of your popular podcast streaming apps to listen and we're also on carbon tv with our podcast and a few of our uh, other video series 
and uh, Waypoint TV as well. Those are all places you guys can stream our podcast. Podcast videos are on our YouTube channel along with all of our other uh, forms of media series, so go subscribe to Fall Obsessions YouTube. Uh, fallobsession.com is the website, and that's the hub. That's where you guys can go to find all of our content, um, whether it's the video series, the podcast, um, wild game recipes, gear reviews, other educational articles and videos, whatever you guys are looking for. We cover hundreds of different topics in the hunting and outdoor industry. Um, Ridge Rock Hunt Company is the podcast partner. Uh, Derek and Lacey out there in Mississippi, they book hunts um, for outfitters, vetted outfitters across the country. So if you're looking to get set up for uh, for a hunt that you've been saving up for or anticipating for a while, give Derek a call. Um, super laid back down to earth guy and he'll get you situated in a, in a spot and with an outfitter that uh, fits your needs. We're actually going to have him back on the podcast here coming up uh, to talk about an alligator hunt that he had. So looking forward to that. But... Dustin, thanks again, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We're back again next week, as always, for another Fall Obsession podcast episode. We'll catch you then. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.